Okay, we, we had uh, one week of healing, and uh, we see God touching life and uh, renewing our hearts to, to seek after Him, to experience His reality. We had Okay, and uh, but there is a problem. Because in a meeting, they are touched by God. But when they go back, somehow the sickness or the problem seems to come back. What is the reason? How do we keep our blessing? How do we keep our healing? This is what we want to share this morning. So whatever the blessing may be, it, it, it could be just healing, but it can be joy. It can be love, peace, you know, the, 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 the deliverance of God. How can we keep it? How can we maintain it? You know, it's coming back to the same topic that we are talking about recently, the importance of being in fellowship with God. Okay, it's in the life of God. It's in the eternal life of God we receive healing. We receive deliverance, we receive salvation, we receive abundance. Now let's go to 1 John 1, verse 2 and 3. We, we've been through these verses, but we still want to look at it. It says, the life, 1 John 1, verse 2. It says, the life appeared. We have seen it and testified to it. And we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. Verse 3, we proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. The life appeared. The manifestation of the presence of God was in our midst. And when that life appeared, we tap into that source. We tap into that life. And that's why we receive healing. That's why we receive His love, His joy, His salvation, because His life appeared. I remember praying, you know, when, when God's life appeared, you tap into it, things happen. Things happen. I remember praying for two, a couple, a couple, totally new, first time in church ever because they were invited. They don't know anything, but they, they, they just came. And I prayed for the lady. The hand was painful, you know, the, the palm of her hand, both her hands. I don't know for how long, but it's, it's a long time. And I prayed instantly, the pain disappeared. And the man, the husband, has some back problem. Pray for him, 50% better. Pray again. He could uh, bend, he, the pain disappeared. 
Instantly. Well, almost instantly for the second case. Because his life appeared. When they went back, the wife got healed. You know, the pain was gone. But for the husband, the pain, well, the, the, the problem came back. You know, to, to, to maintain is, is the presence of God, is the life of God that brings about the healing and the deliverance. So in order for you to maintain that healing and deliverance, you've got to maintain that life. So that's why it's through fellowship. That's why John said that we fellowship with the Father. We have seen Him, we have heard from Him, but now we are fellowshipping with Him. And we want you to fellowship with us so that this eternal life will also go into you. It's to connecting with the source of life that has appeared. Okay, if we stop, if we do not connect, that life stops flowing. That's why the healing could disappear. So, God appears. God dwells in us. God wants to do things in us. Last week, Pastor John Ng shared a reality that is so powerful. I hope you get it. You see, a lot of marriages, a lot of couples, you know, they stay together. Remember the story? They stay together. But after years of conflicts and hurts and misunderstanding and so on, somehow something died. The love did not maintain, right? The relationship did not maintain. Even though we stayed together, but as he used it, I know, I know a lot of Chinese women, they say that. Okay, the husband is in, they're staying together, but they say, I treat him as dead, right? Think about the implication. Okay, so it's the same. The Holy Spirit inside us is dwelling with us. But a lot of time, we are too busy. We have all our other things. We do not bother to fellowship with Him. So that's why that life cannot flow. That's why we are still so dry and still so hard in our heart. We, we, we want to love God, but we can't because there is no flow of His Spirit. You know, in us, even though it's inside us. You see, the, Jesus appeared to the disciples. He lived with them together. You see, after He was taken up to heaven, they still have to maintain the fellowship, the relationship, in order for that eternal life to bubble, uh, to flow inside them. Yeah? So this is what John is saying. And I want, you to, to, I want to take you into a story that happened uh, what Jesus has done for this man, and he has received healing. In John 5, verse 7 to verse 14, let me tell you the story. You're familiar with it. You know, there's this pool that is in Israel, and they believe certain time of the year, the angel will come down and stir the water, and those sick people who ever get in, the first one to get in will get healed. Okay, so this is what they believe. Let's assume it's true. Let's assume the angels of God come and stir the water once a year. That's when God appeared, you see. 
That's when God appeared, right? That's why healing takes place. So a lot of sick people, they are just waiting, hoping that it will happen for them. They will be the first one to get in. And one day, Jesus came by and walked walk, uh, by this pool. And there was this man crippled. And Jesus said, do you want to get healed? He said, I can't. Because why? I'm crippled. Nobody helps me. By the time I, I get out trying to get into the pool, other people have already got in, so I never get a chance. That, that was what he was telling Jesus. So Jesus said to him, you know, take up your mat and walk. And that person got up and he walked. But he didn't know who is Jesus. He didn't even know what happened to him. He was just somebody who got lucky. Pardon me for using this word. He was in the right place at the right time. Jesus appeared. That's all. And it happens to him. He doesn't know who Jesus is. And he just responded and got healed. So it wasn't his faith. It wasn't his understanding of who Jesus is, the Savior that got him healed. He just got lucky. That's all I can say. In the right place at the right time, things happened to him. He was blur, blur. After it, when people ask him, who, took, who, who, who helped you? Who healed you? I don't know. I don't know this man. He asked me to get up, and I got up, I got healed. He doesn't know anything, but he got healed. Because God appeared. God appeared. So I'm, what I'm trying to say, it's nothing of what he has done to got him healed. And some people come into our service, people invite them, they come, they just come and look, see. They just come and try out and see whether it works or not. It wasn't their faith. They don't even want to believe Jesus as their saviour. But they got healed in the meeting. In the meeting. So you see, because it was Sabbath, so the Jews were very angry that somebody, they, well, they, they probably knew it's Jesus, but the guy didn't know who Jesus is. So they were very angry why somebody should heal on the Sabbath. And so Jesus slipped away, disappeared from the crowd. And a man said, you know, I don't know, this man, Okay, but what happened? Remember, he has no understanding at all. He has no faith at all. You know, he just doesn't know what happened to him, but he got healed. How is he going to maintain his healing? Oh, man, can't. Okay, I'm going to jump the verses now. Uh, just look at verse 14. Uh, uh, verse 13 and 14. The man who was healed had no idea who he was. For Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. Later, Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, See, you are well again. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. So Jesus, even though he slipped away, you know, this guy got healed. He wanted to make sure this guy will be able to keep his healing. And if he doesn't keep his healing, a worse thing could come to him. Worse than before. So that's why Jesus got back to the temple and found the guy. He was looking for the guy and found the guy and talked to him. So he said to the man, you know, you're well again. Stop sinning. 
or something worse may happen to you. So can you see? Jesus wants to make sure he keeps his healing. Because if Jesus doesn't instruct him, doesn't tell him how to keep his healing, this guy could go back to his old lifestyle. And as a result, the problem will get, get back. And Jesus said, it will be worse. It will be worse. So that's why Jesus came back and instructed him and said, stop sin. Okay? So, so we need to understand there is a part that we need to do. Jesus has already done it all. He has already healed. He, his life appeared. But we, what do we have to do? In response to His goodness, in response to what He has done for us, we have to change our lifestyle. We have to stop sinning. We have to do what is right. So that we can keep that healing. So this person received the healing. It has nothing to do with his faith. It has nothing to do with his knowledge. You know, it's not him. It's God. You know, because his life appeared. His life appeared. Things happened. Okay? So, so this is what uh, we learned. And then the, the other type of healing are people who have faith. They believe God. And that's why Jesus said, by your faith, you are healed, you know? So these are people who believe and trust God, and they are healed. But there are times when we have faith, we believe, but it still comes back. Then we have to enter into warfare. We have to fight for our healing because the enemy is trying to disturb now. Okay, but we know God can heal. Okay, so, so back to the case about the gentleman. You know, it's here, it's here you receive the healing. Out there, you lost that healing. So what do I do now? Oh, I, I got to come back here because it's here I got healing. So I better come back here and, and, and being prayed for and to receive and see why is it here got healing so that I can keep this healing with me wherever I go. That's what I need to do. Okay, but some people, they don't. They don't take responsibility for themselves. They say, oh, you know, it's just the same. You know, I'm not well again, so I don't want to come back. See, that is, that's a mistake. So prior to that, we receive purely because of God's mercy, God's grace. But we, in response, must be responsible so that we can keep this healing, just like Jesus said to this man. Okay, but just now we talk about faith. Because when we have faith, we believe. We continue to believe. And we got healed, we continue to believe. We have that relationship. Okay, I understand our staff ee -E, e -E. she was playing the synthesizer, uh, the, the, the synthesizer she had pain on her shoulder i believe this part of her body for months it's because we are too busy she was so busy she has no time to see the doctor but while she's playing worshiping Suddenly she got healed. Nobody prayed for her. Nobody touched her. But she got healed. You know, she was just waiting when she's free. Then she can go to see a doctor, but for months, not free. But she got healed. You see? When you are in relationship, when his life appears, you're in relationship. You got healed. So she's testified. 
When you have received the healing, you cannot maintain neutral. Well, maybe just verbally say, oh, I thank Jesus, but not meaning too much because there is no action. There is no giving of your life to Jesus. Now that Jesus healed you, you just say thank you. It's, it's very superficial. Okay, we cannot maintain in this position because if you do, you're going to lose it again. Okay, let's look at the scripture. Gospel of Luke 11, verse 20. But if I drive out demons by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come to you. When a strong man, fully armed, guards his own house, his possessions are safe. But when someone stronger attacks and overpowers him, he takes away the armor in which the man trusted and divided up the spoils. Intercept in this passage about deliverance and so on. You know, there is this verse in verse 23. He who is not with me is against me. And he who does not gather with me scatters. Okay, then you look at verse 24. It's going back to about deliverance. Okay, when an evil spirit comes out of a man, it goes through the places seeking rest and does not find it. Then it says, I will return to the house I left. When it, when it arrives, it finds the house swept clean and put in order. Then it goes and takes seven other spirits more wicked than itself. And they go in and live there. And the final condition of that man is worse than the first. So you look at this story, Jesus begins to talk about deliverance, casting out demons, the kingdom of God coming to you. Right? So you experience the deliverance. You experience the freedom, the power of God. You know, that's, that's what happened. Okay, so here you have this man. You know, he's delivered demons he cannot stay neutral. He cannot remain empty, even though now he's clean. Because the demon spirit will always want to try and get back and take possession again. Okay, so this demon spirit go out. And then after a while, he come back. And he saw that this man is empty, nothing. So he knew he can come in because he's empty. You know, he knew he's stronger than this man. And that's why he was possessing, the, occupying the territory in the first place. So now this person is empty. He, he didn't go and get other demons to come. You know, he's neutral. But the demon spirit try and come by. And this time he's smarter. You know, demons are smart. You don't think that they're stupid. Uh, the last time they were being cast out, now they are not going to just come in the same old way, and they know they'll be beaten up again. So now they go and get seven. He go and get seven more stronger, more wicked demons to come with him and come and occupy that territory. And that's why Jesus said the end of this man will be worse than the beginning because now more demons, more wicked demons are inside compared with before. And that's why sometimes it's very difficult being a pastor, you see, you know, or, or, or we have preachers who come and who say they would not pray for non-Christian, sometimes we feel, I we offend the people, you know. And You see the principle, this is a spiritual principle. 
right? If we don't get filled and built up, sometimes, you know, a worse thing uh, happens rather than uh, better. Okay, let's go back to the middle verse, that verse 20, uh, 23. He who is not with me is against me, and he who does not gather with me scatters. You know, he definitely is talking about the same thing, but now he intercepts with this verse, and we need to understand what it means. So there is no neutrality. Jesus is saying, if you do not gather, if you do not partnership with me, you will you'll be scattered, okay? You'll be opposing me, right? You're, you're, you're against me. So what Jesus is saying, hey, now that I have done it for you, now that I have gathered, what? What did he do? When, verse 22, when someone stronger attacks and overpowers him, he takes away the armor in which the man trusted and divided up the spoils. So you see, the, the, the demons that was there, he has his armor. You know, he used these weapons to get into your life, to control you. And now Jesus has come in to deliver you. He has dismantled all this armor. If you do not partnership with Jesus and gather this armor and destroy it, it will come back to haunt you. Okay? So Jesus is saying, if you do not gather, you scatter. What I have done, you did not gather, it's gone. It's scattered. So you're back to square one. Okay? Because you did not partnership with me. Right? So what are the weapons? How did the enemy got in? What are the weapons? It could be the voice of accusation. It could be unforgiveness in your heart. Right? It could be indiscipline. Well, you just every day drink cola. No wonder you got so good at it. Right? It could be some kind of weapons that the enemy has used to get into your life. It could be sin. Remember Jesus said to the man, sin no more. Or worst thing will come back to you. Right? So if you continue, you did not gather the weapons of that, that has been the, the, the armor that has been dismantled and gather them and destroy them, partnership with Jesus, because Jesus has already done his part. Now it's for you to get rid of it and begin to build a new life. But you don't do that. It scatters, it's wasted. Because the enemies will come back. So the enemies come to us. It could be the words of lies and accusation. He's saying, hey, you know, nobody loves you. You, know, you, you, you. you are ugly. Uh, you, you are this. You, uh, people reject you. See, they're talking over there. They're talking about you. You see, look. And all kinds of things. The enemy whisper into your ear. And if you continue to listen to those voices, very soon you go back to square one, no matter how we pray, how you're delivered. Because you're not gathering with Jesus. At this time, you should gather with Jesus and say, shut, say to Satan, shut up. I don't want to listen to you anymore. These are lies. I know God loves me. I know I'm filled with the love of God. I know I'm precious. I know I'm so important in the kingdom of God. I know I'm, you know, God has totally uh, set me free. I'm a child of God. You begin to build. You begin to uh, call on the word of God. You're working with Jesus. You're gathering with Jesus. 
You'll be able to keep your salvation. You'll be able to keep your deliverance. But if you don't gather with Jesus, you're going to lose it. So that's why we need to ask, how did the enemy, what happened in the first place? So now, I need to build. I need to gather with Jesus. I mustn't allow the enemy, the weapons of the enemy, to continue to destroy my life. Because the following verse, Jesus said, verse 25, when it arrives, it finds the house swept clean and put in order. Then it goes and takes seven other spirits. Okay? So the, the house is empty. It hasn't been building into it. You see, if we have been building into it, the enemies cannot come. Because now we form a fortress. We form a, a, a protective wall with the truth of God, with the spirit of God, you know, with the life of God. You know, we form a protective wall. The enemy cannot get in. And the other thing that we need to watch out is we need to know how to protect ourselves. Because there will be people who will want to speak another thing and take away what God has given to you. So we have a, a believer who says, no way, you know, sickness doesn't get healed so easily. In other words, you know, you can pray, but don't believe too much in it because it doesn't go so easily. Okay, so we have to be careful because uh, if we receive the wrong message, it could, it could uh, uh, rob us of our healing. Let's look at these verses. Galatians 2, verse 3 to verse 5. Yet, not even Titus was with me was compelled to be circumcised, even though he was a Greek. This matter arose because some false brothers had infiltrated our ranks to spy on the freedom we have in Christ Jesus and to make us slaves. We did not give in to them for a moment so that the truth of the gospel might remain with you. Okay, so it's very important that we know how to protect our spirit, what God has given to us, because the, 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 the Bible says false brothers. In our, these are so-called Christians, right? But now that Jesus has set us free, but they come in, they add to the gospel, you know, and say to the Jews, uh, to, to those who want to come into Christ, you must be circumcised. So we've got to be careful. Uh, the so-called brethren, you know, uh, we, we need to check, we need to discern. Because not every brothers, when they talk to you, they necessarily have the truth. They may have some of the truth, but then it's sort of mixed. There are something added to it. You've got to be careful. So it's very important that in this church, if you're in this church, you've got to understand this principle. In order to protect you, in order to protect everyone in this church, you should understand the authority that God has set in this church. Because there will be others who want to come in from the side door. Jesus said the shepherd will always come through the entrance, the main entrance. It's the thief who will come through the side door. And we don't allow these kind of things to take place. 
right? Because we want to protect everyone, we want to protect. So you as a believer, if somebody were to do this thing, you have to stop it. You must not participate in it. To protect yourself, to protect infiltration of other gospel, right? Okay, because there is authority, there is a main door that we should come in uh, as servant of God. We don't come through the side door. Okay, so, so we got to protect ourselves because sometimes, you know, everybody who comes, they will have a lot of good things, but somehow there will be something that is not there. That's not quite right. Okay, so if you do not come under this sort of covering, there will be infiltration, there will be, you know, uh, uh, some other voices that come in that eventually will, will destroy, destroy the church of God. Right? So we don't want to do that. So we protect ourselves so that what God has given to us, the freedom that God has given to us, we, we keep it. We keep it. Right? We protect it. So, uh, because God has set the order, God has set the structure for the church. So we, we always come in a proper way and, and, and to receive our ministry. And we don't, we don't go through other means and through sideways. Right. So when we receive the word of God, what do we do? You've got to protect that word. You've got to use that word to fight for your healing, for your deliverance. For instance, God says, you know, you're healed. You receive the word. So you've got to hold on to that word and use it to come against what the enemy is trying to do. You know, maybe the, 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 the feeling come back, the sickness seems to come back. So you hold on to, the, to that verse and say, God, I thank you for your healing. I continue to believe. Right? Continue to believe. And, and you keep coming back. Keep coming back. So that life of God flows into you and you maintain the healing inside you. Uh, okay? So we, we lay hold of the word of God. Because when I pray, when I be, I'm being prayed for, I'm already healed. And then now I go back. It seems to come back. So I want to believe that healing has started. It may be it's a process, but it has started. And I want to continue to believe God's healing will continue to flow in me until I'm totally healed. I just want to believe that. Okay? So, so we hang on to the word. We use that word to fight a good warfare. In 1 Timothy uh, 1, verse 18 and 19, Timothy 前书第一章十八十九节十八十九节 1 Timothy 1, 18, 19. Timothy, my son, I give you this instruction in keeping with the prophecies once made about you, so that by following them, you may fight the good fight, holding on to faith and a good conscience. Some have rejected this, and so they shipwrecked their faith. I gave you the word, so that you may fight the good fight. Okay, so when the Word of God is being declared, that is a prophetic word. Because it's the Word of God. Somebody who give you a prophecy may not be a prophetic word because, you know, it could be. It, could, it may not be. Because there could be some human element, you know, words come in. It may not be totally correct. Right? But when the Word of God is being delivered to you, you have to use it to fight the good fight. That means when the Word of God is delivered to you, the situation could be totally different. It wasn't what the Word of God says. For instance, the Word of God says, you know, you will receive peace. You will receive joy. 
But now you're so miserable, you're depressed. You see, when the word comes to you, you know, momentary, maybe you feel a little bit better, but then you go to, into a depression. What do you do? You hang on to that word. You just say, God, I thank you for your peace. I thank you for your joy. Even though you feel lousy, you're depressed. You're using that word to fight the good fight. When we say fight, how to fight? Just like them onto you. And then he said, holding on to faith and a good conscience. Right, so we hold on to faith and a clear conscience. How can we have a clear conscience? A clear conscience meaning you obey the Word of God, you do what the Word of God tells you to do, you act according to what the Word of God says, regardless of your feeling. Then you have a good conscience because this is what the Word of God says. What the Word of God tells you. The Word of God tells you to rejoice. Though you, you're so depressed in your room, you begin to dance and say, God, I rejoice in you. Wow, you have a good conscience. Because the Word of God says rejoice. You do what is right. You do what the Word of God has spoken. Right? Not your feeling. Not what you can see. But act upon the word, you have a good conscience. So you must act. It's not just listening, listening, and wait for it to happen. It will not happen. You fight a good fight. You hold on to faith. You have a good conscience. You do what is right. Right? Okay? So, Colossians 1, 23. He said, but now, He has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in His sight without blemish and free from accusation if you continue in your faith, establish and firm, not move from the hope held out in the gospel. Now that Jesus has done everything for you, He has died on the cross, He has shared all He has done in order to give you peace, in order to reconcile you back to God, in order to set you free from accusation, in order to make you holy in His sight without blemish. This is all what Jesus has done. The blessing of God. How can you keep it? How can you keep what Jesus has done for you? Okay, so we, we, we have seen what Jesus has done for us. So now it says, if, if you continue in your faith. So how do we keep it? How do we keep the healing, the blessing, the salvation, deliverance of God? How do we keep it? If we continue. Okay? If we continue uh, in faith, establish firm. So we need to build. We need to build. We may be a little bit shaken, but it's okay. We continue to build so that our faith gets stronger. We speak the right thing, do the right thing, say the right thing. Stop hearing what the demons are saying. You know, then we become stronger and stronger. Then we'll be able to keep what Jesus has done for us. So we, this is how we keep what God has given to us. Yes, we can lose it. Yes, we can lose our healing. You can lose your, the love of God. You can lose the peace of God. You can lose it, but you can keep it. By being firm in your faith, keep coming before Him in fellowship with Him. Okay, we need to partner with, with Jesus, gather with Jesus. This is what Jesus has done. We gather with Him so that we will not be scattered. Okay? Let's stand. Mrs. Zheng, please come. So we're going to spend this time before we have the announcement, take the offering. We, we just go to 
Get connected with God. Get connected with Jesus. Hallelujah. So from the depths of your heart, now the word of God has cleansed you, but you have to respond and reach out to God. We lift our hands to the Lord.